Welcome everyone, and this is the podcast of uh, Disney Princess Wannabe. <laughs> uh, the name's Destiny Backus, and I am here to read you a little selection of one of my many short stories. If you wish to check out the rest of my short stories, you can find them on my blog, Backus Fun Fiction. Uh, I hope you enjoy this reading, and I hope you have a lovely day. Hello, peoples. Today I will be reading a personal favorite of mine. It's a short story called Violet. Staring into, the, staring into the clear water of the lake, I bit my lip, admiring myself for the seventh time. Silk gray-blue overalls that tightly grasped the curves of my lethe body. Teeth bracelets clacked at my wrists. Cool, smooth, fingerless gloves, padded with white leather, hugged my hands. A gun holster, filled to the brim with black, shiny firearms, rested on my well-defined hips. High-heeled white lace-up boots increased my height by a few inches. And a set of frilly bows tied my hair into two curly buns. I looked good. If it weren't for my newfound status, I would surely be snatched up by the town drunk for a nightly romp in the sheets. I sighed. It wasn't like that was going to happen ever again anyway. Weisenhuts were not allowed to have relationships with non-Weisenhuts, for whatever reason. Jerry! It was Violet. Raising my head at the woman, I flushed. Right across the lake, she and our respective shadows stood. Are you coming, dear? I jumped, rubbing my left arm with my gloved right hand. Yes, I'm coming. As I blindly ran across the lake towards the woman, nay, the family, who had changed my life, I knew of Violet and her family. They assisted in keeping order. Often I had caught glimpses of them doing their work, but had never met any of them. That is until Violet stepped into my life in that alluringly dangerous fashion. It had been a normal day of bartending. The sun had set, marking the start of the nightly rush. Purge of entrepreneurs, lawmen, and civilians alike crowded into the saloon and mobbed the service counter, barking their orders at me. Without flinching, I buckled down and got to work. I wiped down tables, slugged drinks, and served suppers as fast as I was able. Upon receiving their orders, the patrons shuffled to their tables until every last seat was filled. There, this unfortunately, included the very exclusive and very expensive bar seating my boss and his pals had claimed for themselves. Preferring not to look at any preferring not to look any of them in the eye, I kept my gaze down on the counter. Dark hazel eyes traced that olive bear like hand that grubbingly gripped the handle of the of a Manhattan. The graying whiskers of his knuckle hairs sticking to the sweating glass. Occasionally, 
that very digit, the one belonging to my former master and current boss, would point at me and laughter would follow. But I had since learned not to mind their words or anything else. After being here a few months, the cacophony of voices, profanity lace gambling, string instrument, instru- string instrumented live music, unwashed bodies, and pungent alcohol all blended. The only thing that stuck out in my disinterested state was the occasional order, spill, or hand that entered my field of vision. The night dragged on, and my petite sandpaper-like hands suffered the consequences. Both were flushed, aching at the joints, and swelling more than usual from another day of mixing drinks, dealing suppers, and cleaning glasses. I can't say for sure when she entered, but I do know of the effect it had. The saloon had gone quiet. I could see her at first. I couldn't see her at first. A part of me didn't want to, but I could tell she was getting closer. My boss and his pals could tell as much too. So with near practice precision, they ran from their seats and hid in the back with everyone else. At some point, the patrons had put together a table barricade with only the lawmen being brave enough to stand outside it. And just like that, I was left alone, frozen to the spot, as I refused to look up, because if I did, I knew what I would see. I, I could feel the presence before me, the presence of a Wisenhut. Every day, the members of the Wisenhut family would go through town, visiting businesses and homes alike. Then they would report to the sheriff. If a Wisenhut stopped by you, then you had gotten their attention. It didn't matter how old you were what you did, or even what your gender or romantic preference was. If a Wisenhut stopped by you, then they liked you, saw something in you, and you got to join their ranks, starting as an assistant to rid the towns of malcontents and make better use of them. On that night, Violet had stopped by me. My thoughts and the heavy silence were broken by the tap, tap, tap of nails rhythmically hitting the service counter. Instantly, I was greeted by a pair of Caucasian hands dotted with light brown freckles. The skin was smooth, shimmering in the light, and the nails were delicately groomed and pointed at the tips. If it weren't for the odd accessories she wore, I wouldn't have batted an eye, but that wasn't the case. On one of her stick-like fingers, wore a ring with a green eye adorning it, and at her wrist were a pair of matching teeth bracelets. Suddenly, Violet took hold of my chin. Her delicately sharp nails dug into my peach skin and drew blood while she pulled me closer to her and tilted my head up. The hand that clutched my face was as silky as its, as its appearance suggested. But they lacked any warmth. Her hands were so cold and clammy that they almost distracted me from the vi- from the violet beauty. The silk gray blue dress she wore matched her eyes with gold lace adding to her 
adding to its luxurious flair. Gray blue eyes bore into me. Her azure brown hair was done up in a chic nom bun. Makeup was lacking from her features, revealing them to match the complexion of her hands, and the heavy scent of iron tinted lavender wafted from her. Hmm, you're new. I wondered who would replace the old man. His eyes were so perfect, Violet stated. Her monotoned voice, nearly void of all emotion, but there was something else behind it that suggested she wasn't as frigid as I initially thought. Can you fix me a martini? Once the pressure left my chin, I nodded as I forced my creaking hands to move. The memories of the previous bartender played played in the back of my head. I could still hear his screams. Violet had dragged him away into a stagecoach, never to be seen again. A few days later, his jewelry went up for sale. After a few stiff motions, I tried to give her the drink, for a gasp escaped me. The glass clinked, and its alcoholic contents splashed on the counter. Like a predator pouncing for their prey, Violet quickly snatched my hands in her grasp. Her coolness contrasted with the throbbing heat of mine, temporarily soothing the ache that had plagued me. What's your name, dear? Violet asked, admiring my appendages as she rubbed her well-cared-for fingers against the neglected ones I bore. I could feel my face flush. Come on now, no need to be shy. What is your name? After a moment, I swallowed, unintentionally. Relaxing in the firm yet soft grip, before I before I broke the silence, Jerry, my name is Jerry Croson, Miss. May I ask yours for the sake of courtesy? Out of admiration, I could barely speak above a whisper. Those cutting gray blue eyes darted over my gaunt frame, considering my worth for what she had planned. Nodding, Violet dropped my hands. And stood, whipping something out of her purse, the very same leather handbag embroidered with several sets of lips ranging from thin to plump in shape. I tried to lean in for a closer look, but Violet was quick to stop that with a loud click, shutting her purse tight. Those eyes darkened ever so slightly, and I stepped back, muttering apology after apology. That satisfied Violet. Hmm, quite the cheeky little thing, aren't you? I said nothing, but that didn't deter her as she laid the unknown items in front of me. I will come back at closing time. If you know what's good for you, then you'll be here. I love what I see, Jerry. It would pleasure. It would be a pleasure to have you as my assistant. Keeping her tone low, Violet would only tell me that much. To this day, I am not sure if it was out of fear of giving too much away, or if it was to draw me in further. But either way, it worked. Violet left after that, head held high, layered dress swishing with the rocking movements of her hips. Her exit was made known by the piercing tap, tap, tap of her heels when it, when they made contact against the wooden floors.
By the time the door closed, the patrons began to put the tables back into their proper places. With the Wisenhut gone, they felt free to talk, guzzle their poisons, and gamble to their heart's content. It all blended in my distracted state, though. Through the window, I could see her. Violet was walking home, Caucasian skin glowing phantomly in the moonlight as she sucked the vibrant viscera I left off her thumb. Inches away from my trembling sandpaper-like hands were a matching set of tooth bracelets and a business card. I stayed after closing up the saloon that night. I knew better than to disappoint a lady like Violet. Okie dokie, I'm afraid that that's all we have to read for today. Or, well, I had to read for today. <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed everything, and if you didn't, then, well, I hope you enjoy another one of my readings. And to those who are curious, again, you can find my uh, official uh, readings, or, well, writings, on my blog, uh, Back is Fun Fiction. Uh, hmm. Hope you have a good night or day. <laughs>